Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know, I'm not a big Hail Mary guy. I mean, I'm not Catholic, so I don't say a lot of those to begin with. But, like, in football, when you get down to it, it's a very low percentage play and it generally means that you didn't do the job during you know the regulation almost because you're down to one play i'm telling you the throw that baker mayfield makes <laughs> chris godwin if he gets his head around and he, and he might have been interfered who knows those guys jostle back down there he just wasn't able to track it fast enough that was almost a successful hell mary like we could be talking about you know one of the all-time you know wild Thursday night football games and a comeback, but we're not because once again uh, the Bucks offense got started way too late, and to be honest, you know it it took them, and I I credit Buffalo's place kicker for this, but it, it took them ninety two yards and seventeen plays, and seven minutes and twenty one seconds to get within uh, six points of the Bills, and they fall twenty four eighteen in a game that didn't seem that close from a scoring standpoint. Um, but in reality, you know, they, they hung in there. I'll, I'll say this about this football team, and, it, and it's, you know, three and four. It, it, they've lost three in a row, and they all agreed to a man that that really sucks. But I can remember so many Tony Dungy teams starting exactly this way. And I'm talking like the really good defenses with Warren Sapp and them three and four almost every season. And they would, you know, continue to steadily get better until they got to November and they start to make a run. I don't know that this team has any chance of, of going deep into the postseason, um, but they could still win the NFC South. And obviously you can't lose many more games, especially the ones you're supposed to win. And I would count maybe next week's game against Houston as that. Um, but they need this sort of mini buy to kind of, kind of regroup. The one that got away was the Atlanta game, and they still have many, many issues on offense. But I'm starting to see, Steve, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. All of a sudden, Rashad White is coming to life, and he's doing it in the passing game. He is, and you know we talked about that after last week's game, how well he was. But I thought he ran the ball a lot better tonight, too. He really did. And he, he really was did. attacking the holes and not dancing and – pushing through and it just it looked like a different running back tonight in the it passing really game part he was great and he was this is two weeks in a row now this is mm -hmm. by far his best game this season it was and maybe it really was I mean, you know he had 100 yards last year in, in germany but yeah I, I this may have been his best game period tonight i thought i, I mean over I, he looked different he did look he looked decisive he looked mm -hmm. quick and they had a couple runs called back in fact yep his longest run of the day was called back or he could have had um, a really big day. But as it was, you know, he had come in averaging around three yards a carry or so, but he, he had nine carries for 39 yards, a long of 15, 4.3 average, and that went down the last few carries. But just as impressive, if not more so, 
was the fact that he led them in receiving. He had seven catches for 70 yards, mm-hmm. including a 20-yarder. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that just hung 109 yards of total offense against the Buffalo Bills, um, who are pretty good. And, you know, I, I thought that Baker, you know, was smart in, in taking the checkdowns. There's, there's a slow evolution of this offense. And, and the, the one thing that's getting them beat, and it's unmistakable, and this is what really they were all upset about after the game, is the penalties. You know, this team now has had a couple of games with double-digit penalties, and they've cropped up really kind of recently. I mean, the last last few games or so. But they had, I think it was 11 penalties. Um, just unacceptable. Well, didn't and Luke Gedeke have three false starts on his own, I Luke think? Luke had three false, yeah, three false starts. I mean, that that's really just concentration that's all it is now you you know you might be intimidated by you know the the defensive end across from you I'm not going to suggest that you know that he wouldn't be um and trying to get a head start but by the same token it's like dude you just you can't put yourself and your team in those situations and and they negated some big plays um actually the pre-snap penalties stopped play but um they, they just they weren't they weren't sharp, and you know, as as they have done so often, they started slow. Um, they had a chance to tie the game with a long field goal. It got blocked, partially blocked. You know, there there was just little things in the beginning, but they're not a good chase team. You know, they're not a good team to to have to come from behind. And yet, and yet, even though Josh Allen got off to a good start, there's a play late in the first half where. You know, it, Allen's Allen's back to pass, and Antoine Winfield Jr. gets a piece of it. And I mean, William Golston intercepts the ball, and you don't see many defensive linemen coming down with an interception. They turn that after a big game by Rashad White. They turn that into a three-yard touchdown pass, which Chris Godwin's first of the year makes an unbelievable, um, more or less a one-handed grab. Baker Mayfield really squeezed that throw. Like, that's one of those stick throws we talk about, mm-hmm. just barely away from the defender. And Godwin gets the touchdown. So that turnover tied the game. Unfortunately, and this has happened way too often this year, when the defense really needs a stop, you know, you've got momentum. It's a tie game. Buffalo's kind of controlled field position, everything up to that point. They they don't get a stop. They let them go 75 yards and score a touchdown. And it's it's sort of been that kind of year. It's kind of like whatever it takes, right? I mean, Houston, not Houston, but Buffalo at least is a is a very very good offense, and they've got great receivers, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, obviously. But you know, you can't give up four hundred and twenty seven yards. I mean, that's even for this defense, that's way too much. And you know. The star of the game, obviously, is one of the elite quarterbacks, which is Josh Allen. But, you know, Josh had not been really running the ball that much this year because he's been a little dinged up, and they've tried to, you know, make him become more selective about that. But he ran it He ran it like crazy on Thursday. He ran it seven times, but more importantly, he ran it for 41 yards, and that included a 13-yard touchdown. So... Allen beat him with his arm. He certainly beat him with his legs. And, you know, the the Bucks fall 
to three and four below 500 third straight loss. And they got to go to Houston, which I don't think is going to be an easy place to play either. Um, but I, for some reason, and I can't put my finger on it, but for some reason, this team is sticking together, you know, through some tough times. And it would be easy for guys at this point, I guess they're all kind of taking turns screwing up, but it'd be easy for guys to kind of say, yeah, we're not going to be very good this year. You know, that was fool's gold in September. They're not doing that, you know. And I think they realize that a lot of the reasons they're losing is because of the mistakes that they're making. So I was, you know, again, just like second week in a row, I was surprised that there is so much positivity. Um, and they weren't happy about losing, don't get me wrong, but they feel like they can fix it. And they're going to have to fix it fast because now you're falling further further behind in the NFC South. we still got games, of course, coming up on Sunday. Uh, but they went into the game behind Atlanta, and they could find themselves a game and a half out by Sunday. And so, you know, that part of it's not good. But, um, you know, overall, it's, it's just another frustrating day sort of for the offense and a defense that, you know, screws up uh, at, at the wrong times. I got to believe they're going to make some lineup changes during this mini bye week, Steve. I, I, I just don't know you know, how how long they can go with certain players, right? Um, Rashad White obviously is playing pretty good football now, but Ryan Neal seems to be involved in every bad play. Like, it's just glaring that whether he's just the guy chasing dudes through the end zone and it's not really his guy or not, it just seems like Ryan Neal it has not lived up to the to what they need him to be. It doesn't, and, you know, you always look at those bye weeks as a chance for – the coaching staff really to analyze things, whether it's self scout or, you know, you just get time to make those changes or even discuss them. And and so this is your last really chance this year to do this. You've already had your buy. So here's your mini buy. So if you're going to make a lineup, this is a good time to do that. Um, you know, whoever you want to move back there, but yeah, it's, I know the fans have been, uh, not happy with his performance, and, and it just seems like every time there's a big play on defense, like you see him there. Yeah, he's kind of chasing guys through the end zone, and you don't always know whose responsibility it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't think their corners played very well. They're paying these guys $20 million. Uh, I mean, Jamal Dean did have – they had a goal line stop, um, which was impressive, and he, he batted the ball down. So he had one pass defense, but for the most part – that was They, they tricked uh, Josh Allen on that play. That was really they impressive. Did. So did. the receiver goes in motion, and I don't remember. It was when Levante David, I think, was running with him. And then as he got about halfway, he stopped and signaled somebody else to pick him up. Josh Allen at that point thinks it's man-to-man. He passed him off, yeah. And didn't realize that he had passed him off before the snap. And, and Dean made a night, got a nice break on yes, the he ball. Did. And, yes, he did. Uh, Damn near got a pick six. Yeah, that but, was on a fourth down play. I mean, that was that turned yeah, the ball over. It got it turned the ball over on downs, and they had made another uh, similar stop on third down and forced a field goal. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, their red zone defense has been one of the best in the league this mm-hmm. year, um, which is impressive. Now, the other thing you have to you have to think about, Steve, is that they played this game without Vita Vea, mm-hmm. and there's no way that Vita Vea doesn't make an enormous impact on this defense. Um, you know, and to have him. And Clyde Cansey together. Now, Will Golston wound up making one of the biggest plays of the game, but it's just not the same. And you know, I think I think that that hurt them a little bit too. Maybe 
you know, maybe he takes up enough space to where Josh can't, you know, run through the middle of the defense and, and, and make plays with his feet. But uh, not having Vita Vea was a factor, obviously, you know, but, but it doesn't matter because, you know, obviously you know, every team is injured at this point. You're going to miss players mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Buffalo is missing players too. You, you just have to find a way to win games. And the one thing we can say, you know, this team – has only scored three touchdowns in four games, you know, like it's just not good enough. And you see some promise, you see, you know, white and, and, and some other guys got going. We didn't see a lot of chase Evans. I was curious about how much he would play. Turns out he didn't play very much at all. I think maybe even Keyshawn Vaughn played more. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm um, wondering how still, much with Rashad white being so effective that that impact. Yeah, there wasn't any need. The You're right. Yeah, that's, good. that's a great point because they, they made Rashad sort of the bell cow. And if he's going to do that on third down, then you don't want to take him off the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but both as a runner and a receiver, this was his best game of this year and one of his better games of his career statistically to go over 100 yards, you know. And that listen, if he doesn't pump out 100-yard rushing days, that's fine. But you want to see him, you know, get 100 yards rushing and receiving, and that makes him a really productive player mm-hmm. on offense. And that, you know, makes defense have to focus on him a little bit more and bring guys down in the box to try to defend him. And, and that hopefully will create more opportunities for Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwins. Evans had only going in, until late in the fourth quarter, and he wound up with a touchdown catch. He had He had three targets and one catch for seven yards. Now, I know teams – are going to roll towards him. I know uh-huh. he's going to be double team. Hell, sometimes he might even be triple team. But you can't tell me that your best offensive player is into the fourth quarter with three targets. Like you have to do something to, to design a play to get this guy open. Even if even if you get penalized for, you know, offensive pass interference on a pick play or something like that, but you got to get the ball to Mike Evans sooner than that. Uh-huh. And they just weren't able to do it, but I you know what? And Baker Mayfield talked about this, and a lot of people do. So the Bills have two safeties. That I don't know how many games they play together, but it's a bunch. And that's uh, Deontay Hardy and Stephon Diggs. Or, I'm sorry. No, that's offense. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Looking at the wrong sheet. Uh, it, it is 3 o'clock in the morning, folks. That's uh, Jordan Pryor and Micah, uh, Micah Hyde. Uh, they've played together a long time. You know, they've played a lot of games together. And uh, – Diggs, Diggs has played together, too, for a while. No, but Pryor and Hyde uh, are two of the best safeties. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is that they would move, as Mayfield put it, almost like they were on a string. They would move together in sequence to where you really didn't know who's staying back. Are they both staying back? Is one going to roll up and blitz? Um, they're so well disguised, and they hold it, hold it, hold it to the last second and it gave Mayfield fits, and it give, it's given other quarterbacks fits. Like a bunch of quarterbacks have mentioned this very thing, um, but they they were they were super good, um, and you know, and Buffalo has a good defense, but it it just feels like every week it's the same thing. You know, not good in the red zone, uh, particularly although they did score a red zone touchdown. You know, this time on Thursday night. And and can't run the ball, but but those things are starting to crack a little bit now. To me, now it's about penalties. Now it's about concentration. And they made one change with Aaron Stinney, who seemed actually better 
And we got we got to think that you know what if somebody was blocking maybe a little bit better for Rashad White. Maybe that was Stinney's influence. I don't know. I have to go back and watch the tape on that. Um, but he took over from Matt Filer, and they ran the ball really well. So that's going to be something to watch, you know. Um, but progress, right? In, in all that matters is dubs, but and they didn't get one. And they've had three state losses, and everybody's kind of mad about that. But nobody is discouraged by it. And they they got to go play Houston, and all of a sudden, you know, Houston's really good with C.J. Stroud. That's not going to be an easy game. At the beginning of the season, you might have said, well, they're going to have a rookie quarterback. They've lost a lot of games the last couple of years, new head coach, Miko um, Ryan, Ryan's in. And it's just it's a good football team. Um, so on the road again, this is during a stretch of four in the next five weeks. It won't be easy. The home game, I think, is against Tennessee. Yep. They still have a trip to San Francisco. And what we found out about them is they're not as good as the elite teams. They're like a step below. Like they're a step below Philadelphia. Um, you know, they're they're a, a step below Detroit. Atlanta, I thought they were pretty even with. I don't think Atlanta's elite, and, and they missed some opportunities to win that game. Um, but they're definitely a step below Buffalo. You know, like you can see the playoff teams, and they could still win the South and make it themselves but they're not quite what those other teams are, um, which makes it for an interesting season because there's so much at stake. Yeah, and that's where, you know, that's where that losing that Falcons game last week. Like every game is important. Just terrible. And, you know, it, okay, if you know, even going into the season, if you told me they were going to lose to Philly, they were going to lose to Buffalo, you know, they were going to lose to Detroit. I said, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of what you expected going in. It's mm-hmm. it's the games against the teams just below them that, you know, when you have opportunities to win those games, you need to. And that in order to win the NFC South, that's what you're going to need to do because Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina's even below everybody else. But, you know, I think Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Atlanta are in that bunch together kind of. And, you know, pulling out those close victories against teams at your level – is how you're going to win the NFC South, and the team that can win the most of those games are going to. That's how who's going to prevail. I mean, it's this division is going to go down to the end. I agree. I think it's going to be just like last year, where really until the last week, um, most of the teams in the NFC South there was one game separating them, and one game only, and that's how close it's going to be, in my opinion. I think Atlanta probably has an easier track in terms of schedule. Um, just you know, sort of looking at what's ahead for them. Uh, and the Bucks do not. You know, the the the, the Bucks' biggest problem is not just who they play, but also when they play them, and and mm-hmm. the fact that you know they've got currently so many so many games on the road. Well, they're playing um, a first place a schedule. They won span. the division last year. That's it. That's it. In a nutshell, you're playing San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're playing those teams, Philadelphia. You're playing first place teams that are not part of, you know. What is the the uh, AFC South yeah. that they're playing right now? You're playing Buffalo, um, right? Exactly. You know that's a div- exactly. that's a division. You're playing Buffalo division, because they yeah. finished in first, and Tampa Bay finished in first last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a tough schedule, man. It's not. It's not for the faint of heart, and yet, you know, they're. I'm telling you. And I don't have any illusion that they could do anything but win the division. I don't have any expectations that if they did, 
that they would advance, you know, beyond that first playoff game. But I have seen teams just like this start out three and four and get better. And, you know, coaches always come in there and go, we're so close, we're so close. Yeah, you know, hand grenades and atom bombs, right? We, I mean, who cares? But, like, they are in a position to win a lot of these games where they just – it's more on them than it's on their opponent, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It just feels like they have these opportunities and they kind of squander them a little bit. And it's not – the interesting thing is that even if the offense struggled, which they are, if the defense would clamp down and eliminate that one drive or two drives a game that gets them in the behind, you know, it would change things. Um, but they're making their mistakes too. And so, you know, that that's sort of all part of it. Interesting game. Hard place to get to. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> Plains, man, I'm telling you. So the Bucks, they would have liked to have stayed downtown. There's like one hotel down there that, you know, when you when you have a team of 100 people and you need food and you need meeting rooms and big meeting rooms and you need uh, a lot of different things, not many hotels can necessarily accommodate that many people. Um, and there's one downtown that can, except that of all weeks, this is like a national – or not national, it, it's a New York teachers conference. So, like, all downtown, all the hotels are just jammed. They're booked. I tried to get in, couldn't. Um, and so, you know, they had to stay way up here in Niagara, which is beautiful because you've got Niagara Falls. It's is absolute God's country. But it's also about 30-something miles from the Bill Stadium. Mm-hmm. So um, they had to leave really, really early. There was, like, an accident on the main one of the main roads, there was a road rage accident, and somebody shot somebody. Like, welcome to New York, man. Um, took me like an hour to get down there, taking side roads and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it's just been been kind of crazy yeah. staying way up this way. I also thought special teams let the the Bucks down tonight. Um, a little McLa- bit. McLaughlin I mean, got yeah, a field goal blocked. Field goal, yeah. Uh, but the punting game. Buffalo's punter, what, what twice inside the five? Where oh, he he destroyed him. Yeah, and he Camarda boomed a couple kicks, but out kicked his coverage. Then line drived one, and you know they were getting a lot of hidden yards there in special teams. That I, I just you know I thought Buffalo special teams outperformed Tampa Bay's, and, and when you lose by six points, those yards, those hidden yards that you know now we got to drive ninety two yards. Or to get ninety five oh, yards yeah. and you know to score, oh, yeah. you know that that hurt the Bucks tonight. You know, Camarda's I, I, got a tremendous leg, but it, how many times this season is he going to outkick his coverage, and they get big returns on? Him? Yeah, and, he does and, that a lot. And then he had the short one that he line drived that they returned as well yeah. for yeah. Tw- you know twenty whatever yards. I mean, you know, he, look, he's a he's got a hell of a leg. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just got to get more accurate. So that his coverage can be there when the ball is caught. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to give up those big chunks. Yeah, and 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 you know, both subscribes to the you know. I, I don't care how far he kicks it, we got to cover it. <laughs> so, uh, um, but but he does out he does out kick his coverage. Lately, he's been kicking the ball out of bounds mm-hmm. and doing a pretty good job yes, of that. And he yes. did get one one inside the ten. You know, tonight, yes he did. So. Yes he did. But I, I just that, thought Buffalo's punter was 
kept backing the Bucks up. Oh, he killed him. He mm-hmm. he won the game for them in in many ways, in my opinion. Yep. Like that drive before you know the hail mary was the one that got him back in the game, and you know to go ninety seven yards in like seventeen plays or something is ridiculous. Well, and two fourth down penalties on Buffalo helped, and you know I mean, but that drive took so much time off the clock. Yeah, way too much. Way too much. So they'll try to regroup, and they have some days off. They've got some guys that are nicked up. Like I said, Vita Vea not playing really hurt them. But they're going to have to find a way to get, get right because no one's going to feel sorry for you at 3-4. and four. But the season, I just kind of know the breadth of it. And, and look, in another week or two, if we're still talking about this, then they're going to move on, you know. Um, what's interesting is they're still kind of in that mode where – could they make a trade? You know, like, yeah, they could. We don't know yet. They just don't know what's where they're at with that. But I think there's more. I think they have their best footballs ahead of them. I really do. I think Baker Mayfield's going to play better, and the guys around him will hopefully play better. All right, we'll talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, who lit up the scoreboard like a pinball. I kept looking at these goals going in. Uh, but first... You guys, I want to tell you about May Electric Solar. You know it's uh, been hurricane season down here in Florida. There's still time, though, to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, there's no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise, no annual ma- uh, maintenance costs. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month, and if you lose power, the generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep the house running. New solar battery systems qualify also for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing M-Phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. Learn more about May Electric Solar's battery backup. Or to get started, you can call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Steve, you were probably at the game. I'm sitting here watching the Bucks, and I'm I'm kind of paying attention a little bit to the score. And it's like one goal, two goals, three. Before long, I think I want to say the Lightning were up like five or six to nothing. Is well, that true? They won six nothing. So they were up oh, three okay. nothing at then the end of the def- first. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. So they missed the extra point tonight. <laughs> Just got six. But six goals from six different players. Uh, eight That's assists nice. from defensemen, from five different defensemen. Um, just a really well played game. Johansson, a second straight shutout. That's incredible. He only had one in his career, I think, before the other day. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played a, a lot, but yeah, he's leading the NHL now in shutouts or tied for the lead with two this year. Uh, but a, a really, I mean, first of all, San Jose's, ooh, that, that's a rough team. You said they're really bad, right? Well, they're really bad. They were 0 5 1 coming in, they're now 0 6 1. They have scored eight goals in six games. That's now eight goals in seven games that they've scored. Uh, but Oof. just watching them defensively, it was it was just chasing everything. Like it 
it felt like they had no structure. It felt like they were just kind of skating around, just chasing the game. Uh, and maybe, maybe they just had a bad night. They're they're a young team. They're rebuilding. They have some injuries. Logan Couture's out from last year's team. What Couture, and then uh, they traded Carlson and Timo Meyer last year. That was like thirty six percent of their goals last year. Not on the team. Oh, wow. Sure. And you know, it, it, so they're in a rebuild. They're not. They weren't going to be great this year. But I don't know if anyone thought they'd be this bad to start. Oh six and one, but. That wasn't a very good team, but the Lightning from the jump just took charge of the game. I mean, Braden Point scores a minute 41 in. Uh, less than five minutes later, AC Mont tips a goal in. Stanford gets a power one, play yeah. goal in the first. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought the Lightning, I don't know if it was their best game of the season. I mean, you know, score-wise it looks like it, but it's up right. there. I mean, they played, they played a great game. They controlled the puck. Um, they didn't make risky passes and play. I mean, they, they just they took control of this game. And it's exactly what you wanted to see them do against the team. You know, all, the talk going in is this a trap game? Is this, you know, San Jose is not very good? They don't have a win yet, and and the Lightning just they did exactly what you want a team to do. Took control of the game from the beginning, scored a few goals, and then never let up. Yeah, that's how you you want to beat teams that are down like that and beat them handily. You don't want to let them kept hang around. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, that's two wins in a row, two shutouts in a row. Yep. That's going to instill a hell of a lot of confidence, not just in him, but in the players around him. Yep. You know, they know they got a guy that back there that can, you know, kind of save them if they need him to. Um, and now all of a sudden you're 4-2-2. Two two. Two. You know, yeah. a week, a week so ago the sky was falling. You, you you blew the lead against Toronto. But now you're 4-2-2. Two two. You've got 10 points in eight games. And you've got Seattle That's coming into town on Monday. You got You have the weekend off. I mean, they got practice, but. Uh, a weird schedule where you play Thursday, not again till Monday. That's a lot of days so off. They get a little chance to rest. They're, they'll practice this morning in Brandon. I'm guessing over the weekend, maybe one of the days gets canceled. I mean, there's practice is scheduled, but right. But yeah, I mean, the Lightning are, are you know you're starting to see the defensive structure become better. You're starting to see some of the lines forming and some chemistry forming. Uh, Alex Barry Belay's looked good on the top line. Which actually kind of lengthens their lineup. Being able to play Alex Barry Boulay with Kucherov and Point allows you to slide either Stamkos or Hagel down to the other line. So now you've got Hagel and Sorelli together. It just it, it kind of lengthens the lineup and and gives you more scoring power on on more lines. And I, and right. I think that that helps them a lot. And the, and the defensive pairings are starting to. You've kind of seen the same. The same lineup and, and pairings for the last couple games. Now you're starting to see them kind of figure out who they want to play together, and I think that's added the added to the consistency. Well, John Cooper will figure it out for sure, and um, it feels like I don't know that, but you know, it feels like they're going to be okay with this goaltender. Like mm-hmm. you know, so far so good. Right, back to back shutouts. You can't expect that every game, but the dude is um, he's played really really well, and. You know, for them to hang in there for these couple months and still be relative when the big cat gets back, um, that's going to be absolutely huge. All right, well, I'm taking off on Friday, I think. And you know what? For that matter, we don't even have anything to talk about over the weekend except college football. It's Florida-Georgia week, which is cool, but there's no... There's no lightning, lightning. there's no bucks, there's no rays, there's no rowdies, and USF's on a bye. So there's no Tampa (laughs) Bay sports this weekend. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) 
But we'll be back to talk Tampa Bay sports. Trust me, we will come up with something, uh, just nothing you watch on television. Maybe well, you said, Gators are playing, Florida State's playing. Lots of college games. Yeah, and there'll be NFL and Sunday. Good ones. And there'll be NFL Sunday, which you know you have to pay attention to because all those South teams play. And, uh, you know, for my daughter, she's got to see what Tay-Tay is doing. So, you know, that's always I saw some headline that uh, Mahomes and Kelsey are preparing for a, a celebration that will top uh, Brittany and Tay-Tay. You mean like a marriage? What are we talking about? No, that when they did the what the high five, spin around, chest bump. Oh, but, oh, 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 yeah. So I, I didn't was... see read the article, but apparently it's some headline that Mahomes and and Kelsey are trying to top that this week. Good lord! <laughs> well, it's entertaining. My my girls love it, so they watch football now, and they hadn't been watching football at all. So there's that. But yeah. What a what a pairing those two are! All right, well, in that that being the case, uh, I want to wish everybody uh, a good weekend. We will be back here on Monday to talk to you about college football, about anything sports related uh, in Tampa. So, for Steve Bursnick, very early in the morning or late at night, depending on your point of view, uh, getting up here doing this podcast for you. I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 